0: Hello, and welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. My name is John Lester, and in today's episode, we are talking about supervisory control. I'm joined today by James Dice. He is from Nexus. Uh, James, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me back, John. It's an absolute pleasure. The first chat was great fun, so I'm sure that this chat will be just as exciting. Uh, Let's start with a quick introduction of of who you are and what Nexus is. Give us an overview. Yeah, so Nexus
1: is a, a media company, a consultancy, and now an online school. Uh, we have an online course that's launching in the fall. Um, the media company portion is a, a weekly newsletter, comes out every Tuesday on, you know, the state of the industry and things I'm excited about that week, um, and then a podcast on Thursday. So I interview um, CEOs and thought leaders um, about the smart buildings industry and how we can uh, move it forward.
0: Beautiful, thank you. So, so if you get the chance, or you're interested in the kinds of topics we're going to talk about today, and that we've talked about in the past, head to nexus.substack.com, subscribe to the newsletter, check out the podcast. Uh, there's an introductory course uh, there to try and help people new into our industry kind of navigate the minefield that we have uh, and the, the speed that our industry is moving um you know it's a really great place to start so and also find james uh, on on linkedin it's a great place also to get an update of what's happening and where and, and getting the links from there um perfect so today we are talking about supervisory control james what what do we mean when we say supervisory control
1: yeah i mean every every layer or every building automation system rather has a supervisory layer right so um you know In pretty much every building, their supervisor control is happening already. So when we talk about it, it's important to first point out that it's not uh, it's not this cutting edge thing. It's been around for for, you know, decades, decades. and, and what I like to talk about is the portion of it that's very, very important for optimizing uh, the operation of the building, very important for making sure that um, the building is using as little energy as possible, um, but also that, um, uh, you know, since we're in a, the middle of a pandemic, also that things like the ventilation systems are working properly. Those all depend on supervisory control sequences. Mm-hmm. So at that layer, um, you have things like your sequences, you have your set points, um, and you have your schedules. And so those are the three the three S's that I like to talk about that happen at this layer. And they're, they're core to, like I said, the optimization of the building.
0: Yeah, perfect. Uh, in the last conversation we had, you talked about the three S's uh, quickly as well. And I like that because often when people talk about supervisory control, they default to the futuristic aspect of it. And it's great to remember that you know, our, our our industry was built. If we talk about the building automation industry, at least our industry was built on on these building blocks. You know, so supervisory control, as you mentioned, has been around for decades, and it's really the 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 enabler, the building blocks, the first steps that our industry takes that we do on a daily basis. Now, um, obviously, this is an important topic. It's something that you focus on and you enjoy to talk about. Why why do you think it's so important? Why is it something that we as an industry should know more about and, and understand better?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's because there's a gap. And the, the gap is, given how important this layer of, of any system is, and then the gap is, like, it's, it's actually a little bit neglected, right? So um, I, I think that people don't understand how important it is. And maybe they do, but it's it's not implemented very well. So if you think about a portfolio of buildings, um, that layer, um, it, it really is just i just want to be frank with you john it's just not implemented very well there there yeah. aren't standards uh there aren't standard set points there aren't standard sequences the sequences that are installed are um not up to today's standards as far as uh, the optimization of the building the or mm-hmm. ops, say says energy codes um And then the schedule. So the schedule is the number one thing you can do to save energy in a building. Um, And often the schedule is um, either overridden or um, not as aggressive as it could be. And so that that layer really uh, could use some improvement in in most of the buildings.
0: Yeah, I think that's important for us to recognize as well, because, uh, you know, any technology, uh, any solution any any piece of, of innovation is only as good as, as the application and and it's and i think it's it's good for us to accept that as an industry this is not always done well or or perhaps yeah. it was done well in that building that's now existed for 15 years or 20 years and and expectations have changed or or the industry and and what we know and what we've learned has also changed and it's not always Implemented and brought up to that modern standard. Now, like I like that. I think that's a really important part. And maybe we jump into that a little bit more. What's the major challenge for us to get this part right? Because you know, we really are talking about the the basis. Um, how can we, as an industry, improve uh, our application and the the quality of the implementation of these of the three S's? Let's call it. Totally.
1: Yeah. And this is, this is an area where I think a lot of people are looking at this. Um, so there are several startup companies that are looking at this layer. Um, I, I think all building automation system vendors are trying to make it easier for mm-hmm. building operators to um, get this part right. Um, so I think it's kind of twofold. Um, so, so one is what I like to call um, advanced supervisor control 1.0. So yeah, you know, it's just focused on just making sure that there's standards are for so if you have a portfolio of buildings, um, which I think most of our listeners come from that perspective where you mm-hmm. have a portfolio across that portfolio, there's going to be perhaps several different types of building automation systems, mm-hmm. all doing supervisory control different. So I think the first step is just sort of standardizing and maybe consolidating that layer down mm-hmm. into one user interface for the building operator or the portfolio or the managers managing the portfolio so mm-hmm. getting to where you have one central location for um, schedules and so think about like where we are right now in the pandemic um, I- i've heard from a lot of building owners that it's really difficult to say uh, you know, maybe you have a thousand buildings and it's really difficult to change the schedules um, so like say grocery store, for instance, the grocery yeah. stores have been changing their hours during the pandemic yeah. over and over and over again. Right. Uh, you know, and m- like basically changing the schedules across an entire fleet of grocery stores is a manual operation in most buildings, right. Yeah. In most portfolios. So just consolidating that layer to make it easier to, um, roll out changes and standardize these, uh, really important, um, sequences as well.
0: Yeah, and, and now is a great time to talk about this kind of stuff because it, you, things are changing so quickly. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, it, grocery stores are a great example. The opening hours, uh, you know, could also be a limitation on number of people. You know, if you can if you can only have five people or ten people in a, in a particular store this week, and then that doubles or or changes to fifty next week, you know, there's, mm-hmm. a huge impl- there's a huge impact on how that building is run and. And yeah. the the expectations or the, the, the decisions that have to be made by the system to do that effectively. And if things aren't changed and, and you know, let, let's be honest, like you were before, some buildings aren't updated yearly, some buildings aren't updated every five years. So the fact that now we have this challenge in the industry that that use cases and and things like. Thermal loads, things like opening times, things like uh, accessibility are changing on a weekly or a monthly basis is really highlighting the fact that you describe. You know, some of this stuff is just hard to do and mm-hmm. there's no need for it. So, yeah, so got give please. another
1: example, too. So think about the, um, the way that our recommendations around ventilation are changing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times that can be a supervisory control sequence that's determining how ventilation is done across a building. Well, if you have to go in and change every air handler separately or every building separately um, with how you want to ventilate that building, that change is a very difficult change versus if you were able to centralize it and push out changes across the whole portfolio at once. Um, And that's happening across the
0: world right now. Yeah, definitely. And it's also a a challenge for for companies to absorb this change, this shift in focus, you know, if, if you had a company, even if they were doing an exceptional job in driving sustainability and they had a focus on saving saving energy, and that was their prime concern, you know, mm-hmm. we look at the world today that 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 concern has changed, or at least now we have a weighting between not just ensuring that we use the 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 smallest amount of energy, but ensuring that minimal requirements and expectations to make our workplaces safe or to make our spaces safe have to be taken as a priority and that's a shift not just in a set point or a schedule but in a in a control strategy and that's not easy to do either when you start to try and apply it across multiple buildings multiple assets etc cetera, etc cetera.
1: yeah and i think the beautiful thing is that as things change being able to push out these changes lets you it makes you a lot more agile as an organization because things aren't slowing down anytime soon um yeah. and so when you're thinking about this from uh, from a portfolio perspective, it's how can this this portfolio be more resilient and you know standardizing and optimizing that uh, supervisor control layer
0: is, is a way to do that. Yeah, definitely. And and let's talk in general. Um, is it possible? You know, do we have the technology? Do, have we made the advances uh, and the understanding as an industry to be able to achieve this goal, this this automatic rollout, this uh, this portfolio-wide implementation? Can, can we do that today? Yeah, I
1: think there are a lot of obstacles. I think there are a lot of people are are skeptical um, about it. Um, I'm I'm pretty bullish. I think the market's ready for at least that first level yeah. um, because, like I said, it's not really uh, changing much about the way we're doing things now. It's more doing things better, right? Yeah. So it, yeah, I think for at least that 1.0 shift that we're talking about is like let's do this layer a little bit. A little bit better i think i think people are there's portfolio that's examples of portfolios i could give um i just did a an interview series with a consulting engineer here in america mm-hmm. um, he implements uh, this sort of strategy with all of his clients who have very large portfolios and i'd say yeah, it, it's being done successfully for sure
0: perfect so we can do it uh, we know how to do it and the technology exists for us to do this in a scalable manner so that's a uh... That's a good challenge for us as an industry to try and work out how can we do that um, knowing that you know so much of our building stock so much of the, of the chances for us to realize those savings are out there uh, in the legacy world that uh, you know the brownfield sites that, that we need to try and get to and understand how we can make those changes. Um, now that's supervisory control or advanced supervisory control 1.0 what's after that what's the what's the next step or, or 2.0 from your perspective?
1: Yeah, great question. And and I think what I didn't say earlier is that this advanced supervisor control is another acronym that and in an industry that doesn't really need any more acronyms. So (laughs) I've, I've been apologizing for the ASC acronym, but there wasn't really something to convey this trend of startups and trend of applications that are really like beyond. What the building automation system can do. So when we talk about how 1.0 is, it's basically just doing what we've been doing better. 2.0 would be like these newer tools that are popping up on the marketplace that um, they often come with a lot of buzzwords themselves. So it's it's where you start getting into AI and machine learning um, and predicting uh, things like that where um, you're doing something that was, that hasn't been done before. And you're really handing over control of the building to, um, you know, an algorithm, right. For the first time, it's doing things that we might not understand. And so I I think there's actually a lot more skepticism of this, of this jump. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the same time though, there is a lot of potential to it. So, um, these sorts of technologies, what they're talking about doing is as the building systems get more complicated. um, So not only do we have all these um, more sophisticated control sequences, we're also bringing on things like distributed energy resources. We're also bringing on things like um, energy storage, right? So your your control sequences in the building are getting a lot more complicated and they're only Mm -hmm. going to get more complicated. So what this layer says is you know, these tools are coming online to basically then predict where the building's gonna be at in a few hours and dynamically change the control sequence based on what the building needs to do in the future, right? Yeah. So, and, and it's really important when you start to think about, I think you had an episode in the past a uh, couple times about um, buildings interacting with the grid. Yeah. Well, that is um, a very difficult thing for a, a control sequence of the past to be able to do control sequences of the past weren't really built to weigh all these different factors and make decisions in real time like this uh, that 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 sort of interaction is going to require. So ASC 2.0, I would advise people to not totally write it off because I think in order to... um, you know, in order to reach some of our goals from a climate change perspective, I think we have to get to where that grid interaction is happening and the modulation of different loads. And this is all very futuristic at this point for most building owners. Right. Um, yeah. But in the future, making those decisions in real time to be able to charge the battery or use solar or, um, you know, use chilled water storage uh, in the right way at the right time. Things like that um, are gonna be important for getting our building stock to, you know, interact with the grid and make the grid more
0: stable. Yeah, definitely. Uh, You know, we touch a lot of different topics there, and maybe the one I'll grab on is is this complexity. And, And no matter what you do, no matter how well implemented technology is, no matter how advanced that technology is, when you start to broaden the scope, and you start yeah. to interact with more and more components, especially when we start to uh, interact with systems beyond our, our traditional understanding, let's call it, the complexity has to come. Uh, and, and it's more about us trying to do that sustainably and find a way to still, you know, we talked right at the start of this episode about uh, having systems that make relatively simple changes easier to implement, you know, still trying to maintain that user usability, maintain that simplicity in, in, in operation, while in the background absorbing so many more variables that we have to start to consider, that's a massive cha- challenge for us. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I like the fact that you say don't write it off, because certainly, you know, it's something that let's call it as an industry in general we talk about, but it, it could be one of those things that we talk about that we don't we don't fully understand or we don't yet completely recognise the implications of trying to trying to deliver this. But it's, uh, I tend to agree, you know, I think from at least my perspective, and, and I've been lucky to have conversations with a lot of people that also have this this future focus and, and they're in the same boat. I think it can be done and it's there for us to recognise and realise some of the savings that we know we need to make uh, and to achieve some of the goals that, you know, we have as an industry to, to support the activity that we're having as a society. And that's... It can be a little bit scary when we start to talk in those kinds of scopes and those sort of areas, but uh, you know we can't avoid it if we want to really have uh, you know, have the implications or the impact that we know that buildings can have. You know, we, we often banter around. You know, buildings use forty percent of the world's energy. Like that's the, every incremental saving can have a, a significant impact when we're able to achieve some of the things that we that we dream about in this this stage. James, thank you so I much. Agree. I love it. Beautiful. Look at us. On to it. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, and thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. Uh, absolute pleasure Uh, remember everyone uh, if you're interested in some of the topics we're talking about don't just subscribe to us here at buildings of tomorrow wherever you're listening to us or check us out on youtube but also head to nexus.substack.com check out the newsletter check out the podcast um, and connect with james on on linkedin so that you can you can see a lot of these discussions you know one of the things i really like james you've got a really uh active and and um conversational network uh there's a lot of people bringing good ideas and and having having really good and active debates and 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 in depth conversations about some of these topics. So, if uh, if you're interested, do yourself a favor, check him out there and 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 participate in the conversation because no matter what we do. Uh, that conversation and and the the collaboration between ourselves and the industries around us is essential if we're going to achieve any of these things that we talked about today. So bring it on. So thank you, everyone. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in the next episode and we'll see you soon.